Good evening, everybody. How you doing tonight? Oh my gosh, it was so much better before. How you doing tonight? <laughs> Welcome to Living Way Community Church. Let's stand together. It is great to have you here. We always come expecting great things because God always has great things for us, right? He is the provider. You know, it's amazing to think of how he is just caring for us. You know, he's not bound by time, right? So he sees our future and he's providing things and aligning things and he's preparing things for us. We just need to ask him to guide us in that path. So let's bow our heads and hearts and ask him to do so this night. Father, we are grateful for who you are, Lord God, and how you reveal yourself in so many ways, Lord. We see in your word how amazing you are, Lord. We see in your creation as it cries out and calls to us and reveals more and more of how amazing you are, Lord God. And Father, we just ask this night that we can center our hearts and our minds upon you, Lord, and Holy Spirit, just lead us, lead us into a place where our hearts will be open and ready to receive what, we, what you have for us from, from your word tonight, Lord. God, we ask for an anointing upon Pastor Frank as he teaches, Lord, and those in so many places in our church teaching so many little ones, Lord God. Father, we just pray that you would just show us yourself and show us something new, Lord, and allow us to just continue to grow and be sanctified and be more like Jesus and sharing your love. It's in his name we pray. Amen. You are holy, Lord. You're the King of glory. Mighty in battle, you're perfect in love. Awesome in wonder, and faithful and just. Matchless in mercy, in wisdom and strength. You can be trusted oh, I, I, in I all of your ways. Oh, what do you think, on a Saturday morning again? You're singing out, like oh, 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 you are holy, oh, 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 king of glory, oh, 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 oh all of heaven and earth cry out unto your name, glory. Mighty in battle, perfect in love. Mighty in battle, you're perfect in love. Awesome in wonder, you're faithful and just. Matchless in mercy, in wisdom and strength. You can be trusted in all of your ways. We're singing out, oh, 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 you are holy, oh, 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 King of glory, oh, 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 all of heaven and earth cry, all its joy to sing unto your name, glory and honor unto your name. Wisdom and power unto your name. All of the saints sing praise. Sing it again. Unto your name. Glory and honor unto your name. Wisdom and power unto your name. All of the saints sing praise. Sing it a cappella. Unto your name. Glory and honor unto your name, wisdom and power unto your name, all of the saints sing praise.
my heart I'm slumbering You beat me in the morning You speak to my grief You're the light in my darkness But the light of my eyes The hope of the daybreak When the sun was so to rise I trust that every moment's in your hand You're the God of my days King of my nights Lord of my laughter Sovereign in sorrow You're the Prince of my praise Love of my life You never leave me You are faithful God of my days Lord, you unveil my eyes Help me to see the arms of my Father encircling me. You're a constant companion. I am never alone. Your love is a banner that's leading me home. Trusted every moment's in your hands. You're the God of my days, King of my night. Lord of my laughter, sovereign in sorrow, with the prince of my praise, love of my life, you never leave me, you are faithful, God of my days, eyes are on you, my hope is in you, my faith is in you. eyes are on you, my hope is in you, my faith is in you, God of my days, King of my nights, Lord of my laughter, sovereign in sorrow, is the Prince of my praise, love of my life, you never leave me. God of my days, King of my nights, Lord of my laughter, sovereign in sorrow, to the Prince of my praise, Lord, love my life. You never leave me, you are faithful, God of my days, God of my days, my eyes are on you, Lord, my hope is in you, God of my days. Thank you, Lord. We worship when we're on the mountaintop or in the valleys, amen? meets us in mourning. Thank you, Lord. In the stillness of this hour, I worship you, my Lord, crying, holy quiet of my heart, I sing this song of praise, crying, holy is the Lord on high. And for all of my days, I will bow down before you, giving glory and honor to your name. Worship and adore you, crying, 
Lord, my eyes to your throne. 
I will give you. I will give you all my worship. I will give you all my praise. You alone, I long to worship. You alone are worthy of God for this night. We thank you, Lord God, for your grace and your mercy that you have shown us in your son Jesus, your love for us, your care for us, your tender mercies, Lord God, your compassion, Lord God, for us. Lord, we thank you for all the times we're not even aware that, Lord God, you have sent holy angels to watch over us. Lord God, that you're leading us and guiding us and providing for us. And Lord God, I just want to pray, Lord God, that we would open our hearts wide to you tonight to, Lord God, receive what you have for us and that you would be glorified here in Jesus' name. Kids! (laughs) How y'all doing? So when we're worshiping and there's that one song we're doing, Len, it reminds me of you at Camp Taconic. Oh. Yeah, you're on the other side of the lake. <laughs> so I'm going to have you go with me to Numbers 15. Tonight's message is called The Unpardonable Sin. The Unpardonable Sin. The sin that there is no forgiveness for. There is no getting out of it. It's the sin that sends you to hell. And we're going to talk about that tonight. So we're going to look at Numbers chapter 15, verse 22 through 29. How many of you know that there was an unpardonable sin in the book of uh, Numbers and in the Old Testament? How many of you know there was an unpardonable sin in the New Testament, in Jesus' ministry? And how many of you realize that there's an unpardonable sin today, right here in the time we're living in? And that's what I want to cover with you. So stand with me for the reading of the word, Numbers 15, verse 22 through 29. And I want you to notice here, it talks about unintentional sins that were forgiven. Okay? So it says, if you sin unintentionally and do not observe all these commandments which the Lord has spoken to Moses, all that the Lord has commanded you by the hand of Moses from the day the Lord gave commandment, and onward throughout your generations, then it will be, if it is unintentionally committed without the knowledge of the congregation, that the whole congregation shall offer one young bull as a burnt offering, as a sweet aroma to the Lord with its grain offering and its drink offering according to the ordinance, and one kid of the goats as a sin offering. So the priest shall make atonement for the whole congregation of the children of Israel, and it shall be forgiven them, for it was unintentional. They shall bring their offering, an offering made by fire to the Lord, and their sin offering before the Lord for their unintended sin. It shall be forgiven the whole congregation of the children of Israel and the stranger who dwells among them, because all the people did it unintentionally. And if a person sins unintentionally, Then he shall bring a female goat in its first year as a sin offering. So the priest shall make atonement for the person who sins unintentionally when he sins uh, unintentionally before the Lord to make atonement for him, and it shall be forgiven him. You shall have one law for him who sins unintentionally, for him who is native-born among the children of Israel and for the stranger who dwells among them. Father... We just open our hearts to your word tonight, Lord God, to understand these things, these deep things. And Lord God, as we go from, Lord God, the Old Testament to the New, and Lord God, literally to the time we're living in today, I pray, Lord God, that you would open up our hearts and minds to understand these things. And Lord God, to really teach us tonight how we can live this life free of condemnation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So, 
just this this passage. We're going through the book of Numbers. You're visiting us tonight, if you um, you know, just to help you to you know understand what we're doing. Numbers 15. Come to it. You're seeing here there are essentially three groups of people that are spoken of in the passage, and it's speaking about unintentional sin. So in verse 22, it's Moses. In verse 24, it's the whole congregation of Israel, and in verse 27, it is speaking of the individual. So again. Unintentional sins were completely forgiven, okay, when people repented, did what God called them to do in the Old Covenant. Now, we go to verse 30 and 31 of Numbers, and it's talking here about presumptuous sins. Okay, these are sins that are done intentionally. These are sins that are done willfully. So it says, but the person who does anything presumptuously Okay, again, with the awareness of sin, they do it deliberately. They're, they're, it's willful, it's arrogant, insolent, flagrant. It's just a, a direct mockery of God. That's essentially what it's talking about, presumptuous sin. Whether he is native-born or a stranger, that one brings reproach on the Lord, and he shall be cut off from among his people. Because he has despised the word of the Lord and has broken his commandment, that person shall be completely cut off. His guilt shall be upon him. So uh, essentially what it's, it's talking about here, that person who, I mean, they, they just directly despise God. They despise his word. And they sin intentionally. There was no forgiveness. There was no grace for presumptuous sin. Presumptuous against sins. It appears eight times in the Old Testament. And um, the word essentially indicates that, again, it's something that is done intentionally. Uh, it is a sinful act. It could be, you know, again, an individual. It could be the whole congregation. And there's no sacrifice for presumptuous sins. So David, David prays in Psalm 19, verse 12 to 13, who can understand his errors Cleanse me from secret faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and I shall be innocent of great transgression. So he's saying keep me from those, you know, those presumptuous sins, the willful sins that I just do, again, in, in mockery of God, in mockery of God's word. Now, when we go through Numbers, you come to Numbers 15, verse 32 through 36. I want to show you, here is an example of a presumptuous sin. It follows right in what we were just reading. So it says this, Now, while the children of Israel were in the wilderness, <clears throat> they found a man gathering sticks on the Sabbath. You were not to work on the Sabbath. And those who found him gathering sticks brought him to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation. And they put him under guard because it had not been explained what should be done to him. Then the Lord said to Moses, the man must surely be put to death. All the congregation shall stone him with stones outside the camp. So as the Lord commanded Moses, all the congregation brought him outside the camp and stoned him with stones and he died. That's for breaking the Sabbath. By the way, if we were living in that economy right now, we'd all be getting stoned. <laughs> I mean, we'd all be getting stoned all the time, and I'm not talking about this kind of stoned, you know. Everybody must get stoned, you know. So that, that's, that's essentially breaking the Sabbath. There was, no, there was no forgiveness for it. There was no sacrifice. I don't know if you realize that in the Old Testament covenant. So it was considered a presumptuous sin. Now, let's go to the ministry of Jesus. Three and a half years of his teaching. We have what is called blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Okay, blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is called the, the unforgivable sin. And it was essentially during Jesus' three and a half year ministry when people had the possibility of committing blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. I just want to affirm this to you. I don't believe today a person can commit blasphemy against the Holy Spirit because Jesus is not walking the earth in his earthly ministry. 
So I'll show you. I'll show you. We're going to take you to, um, to Matthew chapter 12, 31 and 32. It says here, Therefore I say to you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven men, but blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven men. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, okay, against Jesus, it will be forgiven him. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him, neither in this age or in the age to come. So according to Jesus, again, the unpardonable sin, it's, it's totally unforgivable. It's, you know, it's unique. And the concept here, it, it, you know, the, some translations use the word never in, in the New King James Version. It is essentially, it will not be forgiven. He said it twice. It will not be forgiven, again, in this age, it will not be forgiven in, the, uh, in, you know, in eternity. It is the unforgivable sin. It is defiant irreverence of the Holy Spirit in context of Jesus' work. So watch, I'm going to take you back, okay, and we'll see what actually the Pharisees had done. So it says, then one was brought to him who was demon-possessed, blind and mute, and he healed him. So that blind uh, and mute man uh, both spoke and saw, and all the multitudes were amazed and said, could this be the son of David? Could this be the Messiah? Now when the Pharisees heard it, they said, this fellow does not cast out demons except by Beelzebub, the ruler of demons. Okay? So the miracles that Jesus is doing are through the Holy Spirit. And they are saying, essentially, he's doing them through who? Through Satan, right? Through, through, through Beelzebub. So this, this group of Pharisees, they are, they are guilty, okay, of attributing the works of Jesus, the miracles of Jesus, essentially to Beelzebub, to, to Satan. So in verse 25, but Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself will not stand. If Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. But then will his kingdom stand? And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they shall be your judges. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man, and then he will plunder his house? He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters. So uh, essentially what, again, Jesus is saying here, you have attributed, this group of Pharisees, you have attributed my miracles to the work of the devil. That is the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Why can't that be committed today? Because Jesus is not here on earth, right, working his miracles. So people will say, well, well what, you know, Jesus is still working miracles. What if somebody attributes it to the Holy Spirit? It was in, again, that time. It's in that moment. It's that three and a half year ministry while he was on the earth where he was doing those miracles through the Holy Spirit that they, again, were attributing those miracles. Okay? They knew that they were miracles. They saw, they, they saw people right, growing arms and growing legs and the blind seeing and the deaf hearing. Right, they see the lepers being cleansed. In fact, they, they are seeing this is Messiah. These people's hearts are so hard. Right? Their, their, their hearts are so hard and they're so entrenched in their self-righteous religion that they're looking, right? It's the light of the world is right in front of them. His light is illuminating all around them. And they're defiant. And they 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 blaspheme him, blaspheme the Spirit by attributing his miracles to the Holy Spirit. That is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. It was, it was specific to the very situation, okay, that Jesus is in as he is doing his ministry those three and a half years. And again, the blasphemy is attributed to the Pharisees. Is there an unpardonable sin today? So Jesus ascended into heaven. We enter into the church age. This is, this is the age right now of the Spirit. When you read the book of Acts, it's called the Acts, 
okay? So they, in, in, in the time that the book of Acts was being written, you have, you know, the acts of the Romans. Okay, there were the, the acts of the Greeks. Or the, the, the acts of Caesar. Well, this is the book of Acts. The book of Acts of who? Well, people say, well, it was the acts of the apostles. I believe it's the acts of the Holy Spirit. Go, go through the book of Acts. And this is a good way to study the word. And this is, this is how I study the word. I'll go through. I went through the book of Acts about a month ago. And I just highlighted every time it talked about the works of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is leading. And the Holy Spirit is guiding. And the Holy Spirit did this miracle. And the Holy Spirit empowered Jesus with his anointing. The Holy Spirit, the, and the Holy Spirit came upon them on Pentecost, and the Holy Spirit came upon the Samaritans in, in Acts 8, and the Holy Spirit came upon the Gentiles in Acts chapter 10, and then the Holy Spirit came upon the Ephesians in Acts chapter 19. And you, you see that, you see that theme, it's the Acts, the Acts of the Spirit. You know, just let me, let me show you this. Turn with me, turn with me to Acts, I, I don't have it in my notes tonight. Turn with me to Acts chapter 29. Just turn real quick to Acts 29. Just go there, go there for a second. I just want to show you this. Acts 29. How many of you started to go there? You, you've fallen for this so many times. I mean, it's like, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Did you go? I finally did it for the first time. Seminary student. There's no Acts 29. But you know, where is Acts 29? Right now, this is it. This is Acts. This is Acts twenty-nine. You you were you were in the ecclesia. You were in the the community of the called out ones tonight. We're meeting here to worship the Lord. We're meeting here for prayer. We're meeting here to study His Word. This is Acts twenty-nine. We're we're living in the age of Acts twenty-nine. So so in this period of Acts twenty-nine, the church age. By the way, the church age began at Pentecost, Acts chapter 2. When does it end? The rapture. Yeah. The raptismos, when he takes the church up with him. Then you're going into a different period. We're going into the tribulation period. People will still be saved. The Holy Spirit is still, is still working. But... The bride of Christ is taken out. We, we, we will be with the Lord. I believe we will be with the Lord. And we will be at the great wedding supper of the Lamb. I believe there will be what is called the Bema Seat. It's a judgment seat of Christ where we will be judged according to what we did. As Christians, there will be rewards given. It's not a, it's not a judgment of condemnation. And then when the Lord returns, we're coming with him. On white horses. You're going to get a horse. Remember when you're a kid, you wanted a pony? When you're a kid, you want a pony. I want a pony to ride around on, right? Well, you're going to get a horse. You're going to get a stallion. It's going it, it, to be like secretariat, you know. With, I mean, God, don't, God, God ain't going to make some, you know, some, you know, slacky whore. So you're going you're to get a great horse. And we're coming back. Yeah, we're coming back. With the Lord. So, here we are again. We're in Acts 29. Is there an unpardonable sin? I want to share this with you because I believe there is. So in, in, in John, let's go to John sixteen eight, and um, the Lord here says, and when he com has come, the Holy Spirit he's talking about, when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. I want you to notice it's the conviction of the world, and that's speaking about people who are not believers. And the Holy Spirit will convict people, okay, of their sins. Uh, he, he will convict them of the righteousness of Christ. That is the righteousness because there is no righteousness in us without Christ. And he will convict them uh, of, of judgment. Now, that, that, that conviction is to bring them away to an awareness of their sinfulness, of their sinful nature. That they're in a place of condemnation. That they need God's forgiveness. That they need God's grace. That they need Jesus Christ. So the person who resists the Spirit, I don't, you know, you know, you know, you know, you guys share the word with people. 
You witness to people. I witness to people. And people just don't want to hear it. They don't want to, they don't want to be bothered. I don't want to, I don't want to hear this. You know, that's, it's okay for you. You know, some of them, some of them, you know, I, occasionally I hear somebody say to me, they get a little nasty. And, uh, but, you know, they just don't want to hear it. They don't want to be bothered. The Holy Spirit is working. As much as you're, you're sharing the gospel with people and you're witnessing to people, the Holy Spirit is working a million times, you know, more effectively and harder than you are to bring people to a place of conviction. Beautiful thing. When a person comes under the conviction of the Holy Spirit and you're sharing the gospel with them, when I came under the conviction of the Holy Spirit, and listen, I had people sharing the gospel with me for seven years. I was an atheist. And I, I wasn't receiving it. But when I came under the conviction of the Spirit, and then the gospel was presented to me, and it was presented to me through a book, I received Jesus like that. But I, I, had, come under, I had come under that conviction, and I immediately was, was repentive. And so the Holy Spirit is out there convicting people. Now, look at Hebrews chapter 10, 26 through 27. It says this, For if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there, is no, there, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation which will devour the adversaries. Now, some people look at this and, you know, you're looking, if, if we willfully, you know, if, if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, some people say, well, the person is a believer. And there's, you know, the debate. Are they a believer? Are they not a believer? If they're, you know, is it apostasy of a, a you know, a, a person just turning away? And that's kind of an argument for, you know, for another day. Once saved, always saved. But essentially, what it's saying here. If a person has received, they, they have come to know about Jesus. They've come under the conviction, and they're aware of Jesus. Okay, they, they, I, I actually believe it's not, it's not saying the person is a believer. I believe that what, it, what it's saying here is that this person, again, they now have come to understand that Jesus is the Savior. Jesus is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life, and no one can come to the Father except through him. They've come under that conviction, they understand the gospel. And they say, you know what? Forget it. I don't want to have anything to do with it. I don't want to be bothered with it. I don't want to hear it. And then what does it say in verse uh, 27, right? It, 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 well, there, there, there is no longer any sacrifice. There's no other way for the person to be saved. The only thing that remains is judgment. Hell. But that is, again, that is when a person has been presented the truth. Now, I want to give you one other verse here in Hebrews eleven six. It says, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So, when you come under that conviction, and the truth has been presented, you must believe. Salvation, salvation is by faith. Faith in what? Right? It's, it's not just faith in faith. You can have faith in the, the post there, and it's not going to save you. You know, in fact, you, you look at some, some of the motivational books, some of the self-help books that are out there. So you just need faith. You just need faith. You just need faith in what? Right? I mean, I could have a, a, a rock, you know, and... You know, have you know, have faith. I, I do motivational speaking, and there was a woman. Uh, this was years ago. She contacted me and through, contacted me through some you know some channels, and she was like, "Well, I, I'd like to do a joint seminar with you. You bring your people. I'll bring my people. We'll you know have a big huge gathering." And and I researched her, and she was she was into rocks. Rocks. She did this thing about the power of rocks. And there's energy in rocks. And rocks can change your life. And she had these special rocks that she had. They polished them and they shined them up. And she'd sell them for hundreds of dollars. And the people that were buying her rocks, they had rocks in their head. And I think she had her brains fall out somewhere. But it's just, it's just you know, it's faith 
not just merely in faith or faith in rocks or faith in a tree or faith in the universe. Acts 16.31 So they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. It is faith in Jesus. The incarnate God. The creator of the universe. Who was incarnate and became a man and was born through the virgin. Who grew up had an incredible ministry demonstrating. He demonstrated over and over again his divinity, that he was God. His, his, his miracles, his teachings, his, his statements. And then he went to the cross as a sacrifice and he died for us. He was God's solution to our problem of sin. But Jesus said, I have not come to condemn the world. Ritter, why did he say that? Because we're all under condemnation, because we've all sinned. How many, you know, how many sins have you committed? How many times have you lied? How many times have you cheated? How many times have you taken the Lord's name in vain? I mean, that's just three. We're all under condemnation. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. He is God's solution. He is God's remedy. He is God's cure for our sickness, for our disease of sin. There's no other way. Jesus, Jesus split history in two. You know, you can deny him. You can say you don't believe in him. But you're on his calendar every day. What is today's date? Right, what is it? It is um, May 17th, in the year of 2023, the year of our Lord, A.D., Adio Domino, we are still on his calendar. He split, he split history in two. That, that cross split history in two. He is, again, God's cure. He is God's solution. He is God's way. So they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. What is the unpardonable sin? It's unbelief in Jesus. That's the sin that condemns us. He's trying to woo you. He's drawing you with his tender cords of mercy. He will use people. He will use experiences. He will speak into your heart. But he's trying to bring this massive human race right now of about seven and a half billion people, all of them from all places. He's trying to bring them to salvation. He doesn't want anyone to be condemned. Now think about, you know, well, how far, you know, how far would you go to save people from hell? How bad is hell that that God would would just do what He did? You know, I see people say, well, well, how bad is hell? Well, just look at the cross. That's how bad hell is. That He would do that to keep you from going to hell. Now I want to I want to share I want to share one thing with you. I hope you all have have made the decision to come to Jesus and have taken him into your heart as your Lord and Savior. And if you haven't, you, you do that. You right you know you can do that right now between you and him. Tonight can be the night of your salvation. You're watching this on television tonight, or you're going to be watching it in upcoming days. Make the decision tonight. Make the decision today. Make the decision right where you are, and just put your faith in Jesus. You know, confess to him that, that he is God, that I believe you're God, I believe you're the Lord, I believe you're the Savior, I believe you died for me on the cross and took my, uh, my sins upon yourself and then were raised from the dead on the third day. So that you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So you take, you take him, you take him into your, your life, believe in him and receive him. And you'll receive that gift, that gift of forgiveness, that gift of eternal life. So again, I, I hope you all have done that. And again, if you haven't, you have that opportunity to do that you know, right away. But as people who have done that, you ever doubt your faith? Yeah, I think we all, we all have had moments, right, where, you know, I'm, I don't doubt God, 
but man, I doubt myself. Right? Maybe I've done something that, boy, that's something a Christian shouldn't do. Maybe you even had somebody in your life who said, you're a Christian? <laughs> so Satan is called the accuser of the brethren. He comes and he accuses us. He accuses us before God. He says, hey God, you know, look at Frank. Look at what he did. Look at what he said. And you know what? He'll come and he'll say that and he'll whisper that in our ears. He'll accuse us. He'll try, he'll try to get us to doubt our faith in Jesus. He'll try to get us to doubt whether we are forgiven, whether we are saved. So, Revelation chapter 12, 10, where do we get the accuser of the brethren? It says that I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength and, king, uh, uh, and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before God day and night has been cast down. Satan is the accuser. Right? He, he, he will come and he will uh, accuse us. You lied. Right? You cheated. Hey, look, look at that, that outburst of, of, of anger. And he, he, is, he is persistent. He will try to bring us to a place of condemnation where we feel condemned. He can't, he can't take away your salvation. But he can take away the joy of your salvation. He can get you, he can get you feeling like, you know what? Hey, I'm just so far away from God. Look what I've done. How could God love me? How could God forgive me? And he likes, he likes driving that wedge between us and God. He makes us far less effective. He really can isolate us. And, and in a sense, he could freeze us from being effective by condemning us. Now watch. So you have the accuser of the brethren on one side doing that. And then you have the assurance of salvation. And this is the Holy Spirit now. And the Holy Spirit is speaking into your life and he's giving you that assurance. You have the accuser and you have the Holy Spirit who is the assurer. So watch in Romans chapter 8 verse 14 through 17. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God... These are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. That's where Satan wants us, in bondage. He wants us in fear. But you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Abba, Daddy. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. The Spirit is, is speaking into our hearts. You are a child of the Father. You belong to your heavenly Father. You are His. And the Spirit, the Spirit speaks to us and into our lives. And in verse 17, And if children, then heirs. We have an inheritance coming, folks. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with Him, that we may also be glorified together. Now I want to give you a little secret. I believe the longer you walk with the Lord, the longer you walk in the Spirit, the longer you're led by the Spirit, what you're going to find is, you're going to find Satan's voice, it gets dimmer or more silent. And the voice of the Spirit gets louder and louder. I want to tell you, I've been walking with him for 40 years. It gets louder and louder. Watch. Romans chapter 8, 1. There is uh, therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Notice what it says though, because a lot of times that's quoted. That's a, that's a very um, you know, widely quoted scripture. For there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But watch. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. When you, when you are walking with the Spirit, you're going to find that voice of the Spirit gets louder and louder while the voice of Satan gets, again, more quieter, more silent. The key is to, to walk in the Spirit. What's the secret of walking in the Spirit? What does it mean to walk in the Spirit? 
Right, it's hard, right? I'm, I'm walking along, I don't see, you know, I don't see the Spirit. I want to give you this, I've, you've heard me teach on this a lot, this, you know, this verse. To be walking in the Spirit, Ephesians 5.18. It kind of just really explains it all. Do not be drunk with wine. What happens when a person gets drunk? They come under the influence, Right? Right, I just when, when a person is drunk, they're under the influence, they're no longer in control of their faculties, they're no longer in control. I mean, people do stupid, crazy things when they're drunk. Just, uh, t- you know, talk to any of the policemen in the church, domestic violence situations, alcohol, always, oh, alcohol is always involved. It's just, you know, people, you know, do, I, I, I was a bouncer for, you know, for years and, uh, just, I see people come in the bar, they get a few drinks and they get drunk, and they, they just, they're, they're stupid. They get beer muscles, they think they could, you know, they think they could take on the world. They're under its influence. To be filled with the Spirit is to be what? Under the influence of the Spirit. To be under the influence of the Spirit, again, is the Spirit essentially will influence us through His Word. And again, when, when, you, when you are being led by the Spirit, you're under the influence of the Spirit, He's really guiding you. I mean, the, the, the Word of God is, is so alive. He's teaching you. He's developing you. He's shaping you. You're, you're, you're clay in the potter's hand. He's molding you. He's making you more and more like Jesus every day. What you will find is then the voice of the devil, Right? it gets more quiet. And as you're walking in the Spirit, under the influence of the Spirit, it gets smaller. And then it gets smaller. And then it gets smaller. And you know what? It can get so small that you don't even hear it. And you know what happens to the voice of the Spirit? As you are walking with the Lord, walking in the Spirit, and under the influence of the Spirit, you'll find that His voice gets louder, and it 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 gets louder. Isn't that cool? Okay, I just want to end. I'm going to wrap with one, one thing here. Just look, look at this. Satan's voice compared to God's voice. Satan's voice you know, basically creates fear and frenzy. God's voice, common comfort. Satan's voice, confusion and coercion. God's voice, clarity and direction. Satan's voice, condemnation and discouragement. God's voice, forgiveness and encouragement. Satan's voice, stress and worry. God's voice, peace and security. Whose voice would you rather be hearing in your life? Right? The only unpardonable sin is, again, the resistant the rejection, the rebellion against the Spirit. But for us who are in Christ, there is no condemnation. Walk in the Spirit. Live under His influence. You will find that those voices of condemnation that come from darkness, they will get more and more silent and that voice of the Spirit will get louder and louder. Amen? Let me pray with you. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for your word. Lord, you, you've called us to peace, shalom, to joy, to love. You've called us, Lord, to a life of, of truly a, a, an inner, Lord God, calm. Lord God, we pray tonight, Lord, that we would truly walk in your spirit, Teach us to just live our lives, Lord God, under the influence of the Spirit. And may the voice of the Spirit get louder and louder in our lives because those words that He speaks to us are words 
of love. They're words of power. They're words of joy and peace. And may the voice of condemnation that comes from the accuser of the brethren, Lord, may it get more and more silent until, Lord, we no longer hear it. For we know, Lord God, that we are living in relationship with Abba through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hey, stand with me. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Father, we thank you for this night, Lord God. We just ask that you continue to stir our hearts, Lord, to draw near to you. Lord God, we ask you to help us remember what we've learned tonight. What a precious truth you've given us, Lord. We love you, Lord God, and we just thank you for this night again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.